Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us on this episode. We're going to look at Flight or Fight, A Time to Stand. Take your Bibles or Bible Gateway or some other way you have of accessing the Word of God, and let's go to Psalm 11. Psalm 11, flight or fight, a time to stand. King David, the great King David, wrote Psalm 11 under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Let's read through Psalm 11 right now together. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, His eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and an horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. What a great psalm. I would say to us today, if the days in which we live cause fear in our hearts, know this, fear and faith are not friends. You cannot flee and fight. You cannot run and stand at the same time. When it's nighttime all around you and fear is strong, remember the day comes soon. We're in a time in our history right now as Americans where we're being told to flee. David says, and God says through him, no, fight. Trust God. Have the attitude if you've been fleeing. It ends here today. Stop and trust God. Let God create in your heart and mind a rock-solid resolve. Your enemies, and even sometimes people that consider themselves your friends, will say, but you're a dead man. You see, they told David, look back in, in verses 1 and 2, And the Lord put on my trust, how say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain, for lo, this is what they were telling him, for lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. Basically, they were saying, David, you're a dead man. You need to flee. You need to get out of here. They were also saying things like verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? We live in a day where we are very cognizant of threats against our safety, our health, um, our finances, everything that's dear to us, our families. 
and the, the temptation and the counsel of the wicked is that we, we flee. We run for our lives, head for the hills. And we are reminded that if the foundations of civilization and constitutional rights within our country are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, I would submit to you that with the Lord, the righteous can do a lot. And David felt that way as well, because look in verse 4. The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try the children of men. So David was saying there some very important things. When he was told to flee, he said, Nope, we're going to fight, and here's the line in the sand. It ends here today. But David, but David, you'll be a dead man. There's nowhere to stand and fight. The ground is given away beneath our feet. David said, doesn't matter. We're going to stand. Because he knew three things. He knew, as we've already read, that God knows them, God sees them, and God hates them. Those that would reach out and touch the people of God are in a, a position and a state and they're in a jeopardy from God that should frighten them and lead them to repentance. They usually won't repent, but some will. And David said, listen, it may look really bad around us and, and maybe we're tempted to cut and run to, to flee and take flight like a scared bird or as we say in the south, a scared rabbit. Alright, so that would, be the, that would be the normal thing to do. And David says, nope, I trust God and we're going to fight. We're going to have a rock solid resolve. I don't care about the threats of you're a dead man. I don't care if it seems like everything that, that was normal and dependable is, is crumbling away around us. Here will stand. And David understood that God knew all about his enemies. David understood that God could see them. David understood that God hates them, those that hate the people of God. Now let's make it real. In the last couple of weeks, I'm recording this at the end of May 2020, Port of Seattle police officer Greg Anderson, who also, by the way, was in the Army. He was in the 2nd Battalion of the 75th Ranger Regiment. So he's an Army Ranger and a combat veteran. He had actually been shot at to defend our freedom and had shot back. He had seen what enemies of freedom can do and he's pledged his life to combat that. He took an oath as an Army Ranger to defend the Constitution and he took a similar oath as a police officer to defend the Constitution. Just as a soldier is not personally sworn to a particular president, for example, so a police officer is not sworn to a particular mayor or governor. Their oath is to the Constitution of the United States. Well, Greg Anderson made a video on YouTube. He stood up for the Constitution 
and he reminded law enforcement officers, especially military veterans in law enforcement, that their oath was to a higher thing, not to local authorities, but to the United States Constitution and the idea of America. Well, for that, and you'll have to see the video to learn all the twists and turns, it started out okay, but it ended up with him being told to take it down or he would lose his job, as you would expect from such an outstanding person of integrity as Greg Anderson. He said, can't do it, stand in my ground. And that cost him his job. But he has emboldened more and more law enforcement officers, especially military veterans, to make that same commitment, that they are sworn to uphold the Constitution of the United States. And I'm going to tell you something, friends. We need to be start, start being the kind of citizens that hold elected officials, hold their feet to the fire for the same thing. They, many of them get up and they swear an oath to the Constitution and they work 365 days a year for all the days they're in office to undermine the Constitution. Those people need to be voted out of office because they are not taking, they're not making that oath in true faith and allegiance. They're being deceptive about it. Well, I appreciate Police Officer Greg Anderson. I'm sure some great department around the United States will hire him quickly, and the Lord is blessing him through his GoFundMe account. Amen. But listen, he had this attitude, the same attitude that the three Hebrew friends of Daniel the prophet in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, in the Jewish Bible, in the Christian Bible, the same attitude they had when they were told that they needed to bow to the idol. Basically, they said, we're not bowing to your stupid idol. We trust God. God is able to rescue us, but if not, then it's a good day to die. So that's where Greg Anderson is. That's where we need to be, just like those Hebrew young men in the kingdom of Babylon. True story. Now, that should be our heart. I mean, who wants to suffer and die, right? But there's worse things than being killed. There's worse things than being dead, and that's being a person that cannot be respected. So we're at a point, I believe, in our country where if we do not claim our constitutional God-given freedoms, we will lose them, and our children and grandchildren may lose them forever. I'm going to give you three examples from my 30 years of pastoring, and I want to make this very clear. By no stretch am I comparing these to what uh, Greg Anderson has done in the last few weeks. In no way do I compare them to the three Hebrew boys. But the essence of it is the same. The, this is how we need to start being as citizens in the United States. You see, our freedoms and our right, like freedom of worship, of assembly, of speech, and so on, those freedoms are not given to us by the government. In fact, they're given to us by God, and God ordains government to protect our God-given freedom. Now, let me deal with one thing that many of you are probably struggling with, that as Christian citizens, we are to, 
to be the best citizens possible and follow our leaders. All right, I get that. And as long as their executive orders and declarations and their pronouncements do not take the place of God, that's fine. We should be the best citizens possible. But, for example, on freedom of worship and the, the freedom as Americans to assemble for worship, when we're told that we cannot do that, those elected officials, and in many cases bureaucrats, are placing themselves in the place of God. That is a problem. And we need, as American citizens, to give them a huge reality check and, and stand in civil, nonviolent civil disobedience to those type of orders. Now, I know that's saying a lot. We've got to have a heart to, to claim the freedoms God has given us. And I'm recording this on Memorial Day weekend. We need to claim the freedoms that American blood has been shed to, to get and keep. And we need to stop being a bunch of wusses like we've been in our country so often recently. But let me show you how this might play out in just taking a stand. And, and most of what I'm going to say right here doesn't even have to do with government. It's just the idea that when you know what's right, stand up for it. The first example is there was a homeowner beside one of the churches that I pastored who complained about an issue. We went to great expense and effort to address the issue, and we did. But it didn't stop there. Basically, we were, we were told to pay for damage on his house that we did not believe we were responsible for. We tried to be nice, polite, all of that. Well, this person, this is a long time ago, by the way, so don't try to figure out who it is. <laughs> this person threatened to get a, uh, a, like an action news crew with a camera and come to a service and make a scene. And I told him, I said, hey, listen, you're always welcome. We would love to have you come. But if you come to disturb worship, I'm going to have my two biggest deacons take you out. And I, I just meant escort him out. <laughs> well, he didn't show up. But, you know, you see what I'm saying? That's just a little thing. But we need to start being people that stand for something or will fall for anything. I'll give you another example. And this one does, does involve government at a very low level. In a different church, a church building program was going on, and we were trying to complete this structure and occupy it for the glory of God. But for reasons that I could not understand, we could not get the fire department, code enforcement, and the gas company to get on the same page about what we needed to do in installing our furnaces so that we could be permitted and occupy the building. We went through weeks, uh, maybe even months, of being led in circles, and I I don't know exactly what was going on, but I think there was something that I didn't know about behind the scenes. Nevertheless, at a certain point, I informed all the authorities, hey, listen, I'm not from here. My mom and dad didn't grow up here. My granddaddy ain't here. I don't know any, owe anybody any money here. But here's the deal. I'm trying to help this church get the building done. 
I don't know what the problem is, but you three entities need to figure it out, get on the same page, tell us what to do, and we'll do it, and everybody's happy. And if you don't, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the media, and I'm going to expose your incompetence. Man, they could not get that permitted fast enough. I don't know what was going on behind the scenes, but all of a sudden, everybody saw the light. And within about a week, they said, this is what to do if you do this. We're all three happy. And you know what? We did it and occupied the building. But there comes a point where you just have to stand up for what's right. A third example would be in a, in a church building program, we needed to finish that building and dedicate it to the Lord's use and we had projected to do that by a certain date. People within the, within the church, and I'm just going to be kind and generous and charitable here, they just didn't believe it could be done that quick, and so they were constantly telling me, can't be done, can't be done, can't be done. Now, I'm a nice guy, but when you tell me over and over I can't do something, I'm going to do it just to prove you wrong. And I did, with, with God's help. I give Him the glory. God surrounded me with people. We finished the building when we said we would, and we dedicated it on the day we said we would dedicate it, and it was full of people who were so grateful to God. Now again, I'm not saying that's anywhere close to what police officer Greg Anderson did, but it comes from the same mindset that we may have problems we face. Maybe your problems are all within your family personal problems or within your community, within your school, whatever it is, with the right attitude, love in your heart and a smile on your face, stand up. Stand up for what you know to be right. But Pastor Ed, what about the enemies? Well, they're God's enemies, all right? Everybody has got to put on their big boy pants. If somebody decides they want to be God's enemy, <laughs> go for it. You'll lose in the end. Listen, anybody who's trying to reach out and touch you with negativity and you belong to God, they're putting them over on the side that where God's enemies are. Are you getting that? Well, here's what's going to happen to God's enemies. And I hope they all repent and get right, but they're probably not. But some will. But here's what's going to happen to God's enemies. 100 years from now, they will all be dead and in hell. It's going to make the firebombing of Dresden in World War II look like a campfire. So the next time somebody pushes you in the chest and tells you that you can't do something and you know that it's a God-given right that you be able to do that, you need to push them right back with God's strength. You need to realize that if, if they put themselves on the side of being God's enemies, man, it's like Mr. T said, pity the fool who touches God's people. You, see, you hear my heart, where I'm coming from? So you always have to be careful that you're not just being antagonistic. But when you've, you've basically prayed it through and you believe you are standing up for God-given constitutional freedoms stand God is on your side now if you're listening
and perhaps you're thinking, I don't think I'm on God's side. Well, you need to get on God's side. And the way you do that is repenting of sin, trusting Jesus Christ, who is God, as your Savior and Lord. If you need help with that, you can call this number. I'm going to repeat it twice. 888-537-8720. 888-537-8720. You will be given the help you need to place your faith in Christ and grow in your new Christian faith. If you're a Christian and you call that number, you will get the help you need to really become the, the Christian you need to be in the name of Christ. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something that I don't normally do. I'm going to ask you right now to share this episode by email or social media with others who need to hear this. You can even just tell them to go to www.dredhill.podbean.com. That's D-R, no period after the D-R, D-R-E-D-H-I-L-L.podbean.com. Tell them to go there and listen to this episode and for them to share it as well. It can be found also, if people want to do it the hard way, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio Podcast, and many other places too, I'm sure. Well, I'm thanking you right now for being a part of this episode today. I hope it has put some, some wood on your fire so that you'll start realizing that if you don't stand for your God-given freedoms, others will take them away from you. So God bless you. Thanks for listening. And we'll get ready for the next podcast next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.